welcome back to Enlighten Up for our third episode called Spiritual Frauds, Discernment, and Our Good Old Friend, the Ego. This is a big topic for any area of life, but in today's episode, we share some examples of how the ego can get in the way of spirituality and why it's so important to strengthen your own inner discernment muscle. As many begin down their spiritual path, there's often a belief that everything is going to be roses and rainbows, but it couldn't be further from the truth. Like everything else in this world, there are going to be bumps along the way when you're learning something new. So we're going to share some personal experiences as well as some tips we learned along the way to help us discern truth. So let's jump in and hear what we had to say. Today, you are listening to your co-hosts, Lisa Watson, Michael Ronane, and myself, Nicole Frolic. How are you both doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Michael, how are you? Oh, just peachy. <laughs> your enthusiasm every show is just over the top. I'm so, I'm, it just makes me so excited. <laughs> no, I bring that element. I need to bring it in. You guys need me for my charming smile <laughs> we know you'll warm up michael once you get rolling yeah. i have no worries no. yeah once yeah, we get I'm you sure. once we get you on a rant there's no stopping you that's yeah. <laughs> <It's> true <laughs> <laughs> he's gig- he's starting to giggle already just at the thought I of love, a rant I love, I love i love the word rant it gets me jacked up <laughs> yeah it does so um you know what what's what through these spirits? <laughs> Michael, we're going to start with you since you are in such a good mood right now. No, yeah. I just want to hear you say what for a few more times. <laughs> well, you tell us what defines what, what, spirituality what, what, what? Like fraud. Like all the fraud that's out there? Oh, my goodness. Uh, this is why I have a hard time listening to you both sometimes because I just like, you know, chalk it up to, oh, there's some... There's some another load of BS coming my way, but I'm not saying that about you necessarily. But like my point is, is like you just get, I get so skeptical on so many things because I would imagine of all the, I mean, I, I don't like the word fraud. I just like, I mean, it's just very misdirection, miscommunication of people that are trying to say good messages versus very good communication of people that are trying to say bad messages. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, but there are a lot of, you know, charlatans okay. out there. There are people. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, you look at all the. Uh, well, we before we were the show, we were talking about, like, the different things. But, like, even you just take the idea of just a cult. A cult usually starts with someone who's very dynamic, very uh, great at speaking, convincing, and, and, and eventually manipulating. So, I mean, there's just a lot of that out there in different facets. And, you know, but not just in spirituality. I think the the important (laughs) thing, the important thing to know is that it's, it's in everything, you know, doc, doctors, you know, lawyers, salesmen, um, everyone, you have to be careful and use discernment, no matter who you're dealing with in what area, you know, when you're, especially when you're seeking help. You know, you're seeking and discernment help. is like a. I always look at it as like a mental muscle. Like it's just like something that's going to hopefully get stronger as you live longer. Uh, but like, I mean, because you, when you're a kid, you kind of believe everything, and then you just start to chip away on the things that you believe because it just becomes BS after a while or things like that. And 
you know, how can you know the difference between effective methods or manipulation? Like, you know, are you being manipulated or is this for real? You know, even when you go to your family practitioner and they just, you know, whip out their little prescription pad and tell you to, you know, go buy this, like, you know, is that truth? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is that really what's needed or is, are they just making money from the pharmaceutical companies? You know? Well, I think, I especially with the industry of spirituality, that many people have this um, belief or idea that as soon as they start to become more spiritual, that everything's going to get better and better and better, and they're just going to come across more enlightened people, and it's going to all be blissful and happy. But, you know, that's not the case, um, because as you start to take the travel down the path of spirituality you encounter a lot of new stuff that you weren't aware of and there are um there are people out there who prey on especially new comers to um the spiritual journey and i think like i know michael that's a big thing for you and what's kind of holding you back from going further down this path that this rabbit hole sure yeah this yeah, rabbit hole. it's definitely new you know you're in you know new waters so to speak with some of the things that you're going to come up against things that you know different types of people that you've never dealt with different situations um even different vocabulary you know you may not be familiar with what some of these people are talking about so it's easy for them to manipulate like, well, I, well okay said, so so i think one of the, the biggest challenges in our current life with the things that we have out there, in my opinion, uh, the, one of the number one reasons why I'm skeptical is because of, of many things is because really the, the Internet and, and the way the Internet has kind of unmasked a whole bunch of crap, but also how the Internet shows like, you know, you'll, you'll watch a video and say, oh, I don't believe it. It's fake. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean, like, this is really, like, I, I always wondered in my life, why did Jesus show up 2,000 years ago when there's no cameras around versus now? And now I get it because we wouldn't believe Jesus would be walking on water on a camera right now. We wouldn't believe it. We wouldn't believe any of that. Like, I, you know, I used to be fascinated when I was young with those uh, magic shows where they showed you actually how they did it. Do you, do you guys remember that? Like the dude when the mask was revealing the secrets of the magic industry? Yeah. Yeah. And and that really showed me like, oh, my goodness, you can't really believe your own eyes. You can't believe your own eyes. And that's one huge sense that I relied on. Okay, well, if you can't believe your own eyes, you also can't perhaps believe your own ears and, and et cetera. So when you listen to – when I listen to people – you know, talk in spiritual ways, and 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 this is why I love you both. I I am good friends with you too. But like, if I didn't know you guys, yeah, I think you guys both were crackpots. Like, whatever, get that, get out of my way. <laughs> but because Best compliment yeah, honestly, I've had all day. because because <laughs> because of my relationship, especially with Nicole, since I've known her for like you know nine years now, and then all of a sudden she just like went total. Crackpot on me these last year. <laughs> off the deep end. Um, yeah, off the deep end. I'm like going, what's going on over there in that side of the pool? Uh, so that's just my my quick spiel. Well, I think that you know you may 
funny when you were talking about like you can't believe your own eyes, you can't believe your own ears. I mean, I think that's just um, the difference too between relying on your discernment um, and your gut and but, your but, but the thing about discernment versus your five five sensory you know right but like uh, discernment again discernment in my opinion can still mislead you guys or mislead us meaning people uh for example i have a friend um who was really into a certain guru back in india and she was like i mean she had like a little shrine built to this guy in in her place and uh you know he looked like your typical like cliche Indian like guru, long beard in a in a Jesus like robe, like sitting in that yoga pose, and she was telling me about how he's like 170 years old and stuff like that. And like I'm like, uh huh, uh huh, okay, whatever. And she was like loving this guy and into everything that he had to say when it comes to what he was doing online. And then like about a couple years later, it was the the little shrine she had was gone, and I'm like, I actually asked her, and she and she really was like, I could see like a certain like agony in her eyes when she was telling me. She's like, no, no, that guy was not good. It was not good. Uh, there was a lot of of ways he misled a lot of us, and that's all she said. And I didn't. And it was such a I could tell it's such a personal thing that I didn't even want to prod any farther. But like, going, oh, well, see, I mean, I could have told you that a couple of years ago when you told me about how he's like 170 some odd years old, but whatever. And then, I mean, I mean, that would not have been the good comment back. But my point is, like, uh, there's another guru or somebody that kind of goes down the goes down, if you will. <laughs> yeah, but you have to it's like you said in the beginning, discernment is a muscle and it doesn't get stronger the longer you live. It gets stronger the more you use it and you and you work it. Uh, so if you know, she was starting to learn her own internal discernment and everyone's got to start somewhere. And so, yeah, she came up against someone who was deceiving everyone and trying to present in a way that, you know, seemed all holy in that. And uh, when you when you dig a little bit further below the surface, uh, you, you realize that uh, this isn't exactly what's being portrayed on the outside and that there's some hidden agendas underneath there. And then that's with anything. So like your discernment has to come from experience and you have to constantly be exercising it. And you're not so, always so going to get it right, but that's how you learn. That's how you learn that, okay, that's how I was feeling in this way. It wasn't right, but this is how I felt in this way and it was right. And you start to understand that certain feelings um, are going to start to... Isn't discernment just like another name for wisdom then eventually? Is that what you're kind of pretty much talking about? Because no. discernment is discernment to me, from what I understood, was more like you're trying to use some sort of inner gut feeling on if it's true or not. Is that that is there something more to that or Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're it's, it's like yeah, a GPS. It's like a GPS of truth. So that's it, to me interchangeable with like wisdom. I mean, wisdom can help your. Okay, if, if you want to look at wisdom being different, wisdom guides your discernment. Is yeah, this is more of just the brain. Like wisdom is, you know, more of a five sensory type no, thing. I think I'm where discernment you. drags no. in your gut, your higher Wis self. Wisdom is an all-knowing feeling. Like when you, wisdom is from that just. 
internal knowing within you of what is truth, where information or knowledge, knowledge is from learning information, but wisdom is from that deeper sense of knowing, um, where it's like you which, said, discernment is like using your wisdom to help you make decisions. All right. But there's more to it. There's more to it than just that. Like, I really feel that when you start to tune in more to energy, because that's what we're all made up of, everything in this world around us is made up of energy, you start to tune into the frequencies of energy and what feels um, good and what doesn't feel good. And truth will always resonate at a higher frequency than um untruth or non-truth and so it's when you start to feel certainly like you start to pay attention to how you feel on that frequency of energy that's another layer in your discernment box with yeah and wisdom is within discernment mm-hmm. i mean all right so we'll talk about vibrations and things like that on a different show i'd imagine but like that's just like a it's a, it's a weird thing for me to really understand because I know I can, I, I can I'm going back to the metaphysics of my early schooling. I know that like in pretty much everything vibrates if you look at it that way, but like, how do you know if a vibration is, is good just because it's true versus not? I mean, that's, that's a, in the, uh, that's a serious, like, uh, um, what am I trying to say? Serious allegation as far as like, this is what happens when you say the truth or say, or you hear something true. It's like, it vibrates at a certain frequency. It's like, how do you it's, know that? Cause it's just like Nicole said, it's trial and error. You have to exercise that muscle. You have to practice that. You learn everybody's, everybody's then different I would say the, how yeah, they I feel things. Imagine, so sometimes like whole- you're dating, think of dating, yeah. Michael. Okay. So you're dating and you, learn discernment over dating like you learn to kind of pick up signals or you know feelings that you have like or even with friendships like some people aren't you know always honest and they maybe want to be friends for you for yeah but like sometimes you're pleasantly surprised that your early early feelings were completely wrong yeah but that can also be played in from your ego and, and and natural judgments that you're quick to make because of past experiences that's the hard part, really, is that I think I that we could talk about is that the ego and how the ego um, really it gets everything gets intertwined, especially when you're new to spirituality and you're new to listening to that your higher self and learning, you know, what that feels like. It's very easy for the ego to get in there. And oftentimes, you know, I mean, even yesterday I had um just a situation where I was trying to make a decision on whether to do something or not. And I could, I couldn't quite decide whether it was my ego talking or, you know, that discernment piece that my higher self. And I just really had to take time to kind of, sometimes you just have to take time to kind of sit with it and, um, figure out like, is this my ego because of other things that I've heard? Maybe people have told me about, you know, this situation or, this person, or is it really, you know, um, this, a gut feeling that I have. So it's not, it's not something that's necessarily easy. And like Nicole said, you have to practice it and you're not always going to get it right. 
You know, just because you're on this path doesn't mean you you suddenly everything's perfect and you just you have perfect discernment all the time. You're never going to make mistakes. You're always going to, you know, read people correctly. That's not going to happen, you know, but hopefully you'll get better at it. Yeah, as hopefully. time goes on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as as you as you focus on it and and you think about it, maybe that's, you know, we haven't really talked about I don't feel like I it. have gotten better at judging people, to be honest with you, but maybe that's just my own thing. Like, you know, after 30 some odd years on this world, it's like it, I feel like um, I actually believe in less in people that I initially meet. Like I really, unfortunately, and then maybe it's just my perception or whatever the ego thing is that you guys talk about. Um, it's just, I just like, don't like, like take dating, for example, I hate dating. We talked about this many times. I just like have this kind of this mistrust of the idea of dating. Um, it's like, I would rather just like know a girl for like two or three years before I would be consider her dating date, like to go dating with her, if you will, just mainly because probably of my past experiences. But like, I just feel like I've gotten more, um, I don't want to use the word negative, more like, um, just like, I don't believe in a lot of people as, as when I meet them. That's that because you've built very large walls up around yourself. Yeah, maybe. And, and discernment isn't judgment. I mean, <clears throat> we, it isn't about becoming more judgmental. It's bec- it's about becoming well, I mean, more. That's open. what I'm trying to avoid. The, is yeah, the problem you. is the ego, and the ego brings in all this judgment. So, if you're bringing that all in when you meet somebody, like, that's and you're true. trying to figure it out, then you're using the ego, and now you're screwed because yeah. the ego yeah, is going to fuck it up every time. Yeah, so that's a very good point, I, Lisa. Yeah, you need to to try to get. And the that's ego what I'm trying to work on in my. Like even beyond the show, less like that's really what I'm trying to work on interpersonally because I think with my what, what happened to me earlier in my life, I'm like I just killed or I, yeah, as you said, Nicole, put up a huge wall of trust when it comes to not just girls but like people in general, and I and that is something I'm trying to figure out how to break down. Yeah, because you're protecting the reason yourself. Why we're doing we the all show. do that. Yeah, especially. Okay, like, for example, with your friend and the guru, the 170-year-old guy, I mean, we have a choice at that point when something like that happens to us. We can put up this wall, and now we just don't trust anybody, you know? Or we can just say, hey, you know, um, I learned something here. Like, maybe, you know, maybe we learn to look into people's eyes better and see, you know, is there light in their eyes or not? You know, because that's, that's a telltale sign or, you know, maybe we... We learn, um, you know, is this all about them? Are they promoting themselves? But if we walk away from that situation with just now a judgment, like, okay, I don't trust anybody who says this or this now, we're not, that's not helping. We have to leave that sort of in the past and not bring a judgment. Yeah, so that's, okay, so let's talk about the spiritual guru thing a little bit because that, um, that's a big, that's a big topic. And I think, you know, for your girlfriend who, who was in that situation, I'm sure there were a certain friend that points. Was a friend that was a girl. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I meant. Sorry. <laughs> we'll clear that one up. But, um, I think, <laughs> I think for her, there must've been some times along the way where she may have got inklings of feelings like, well, that just doesn't feel right to me. And if she didn't, I'm going to bet the whole like 
house on this is that because she was so much in her worship mode of this guy, she completely blinded herself to all clues and hints that were coming her way. And, and that's where I think we talked about that in the first episode about this whole idea of worship and how it's really detrimental to um, your, your evolution, your spiritual evolution, your growth as an individual, because you're putting so much of your own power into someone else as opposed to retaining it for yourself and expanding it from within and using them just as a guide. And, and that's where I think, you know, when people start to walk this path of spirituality, it's, um, it's a fine line of following, finding some mentors and guides to help you, but also know that ultimately you make the final decision. You, you decide for yourself what's true and what's not. You don't just believe something else because someone else is saying it. And that goes out to all our listeners. Like, don't believe us just because we're saying it. Question everything. Question everything you hear. And, and, use your own discernment by going say okay did it feel right if it didn't why didn't it feel right what was it about it that didn't feel right was it a certain word was it the tone that was said around it you know like there's a lot of different ways that you can pick up on it and i think that's what's you know the well there's things that you guys say that like to me right now just doesn't feel right like what and and it has more to do with just like things that i'd known from my past you know even like just schooling and stuff like that uh, not anything that you guys have brought up so far on the show, but like I'm sure it'll come down um, in future shows. But like I'm like uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna buy this one either. You're gonna have to. Like, I always tell you, Nicole, I'm like you're gonna have to convince me on this. <laughs> it's but like, you know, know. no, no. It's, but Michael, your truth isn't. Everybody's truth is different. No, I know. He's on I, a I tru- different place. That, yeah. And everybody's on a different place in their path as well. So what might be good for one maybe just isn't good for another at that time. And you're, you just might not be ready for it. So it doesn't mean like something that maybe. Comes, maybe. something comes at Nicole and I, you know, we might, be re- we might be ready for that. And we might be ready to accept that and move on to that. And so it feels right to us. But when you hear that same thing, it doesn't feel right to you. Maybe you're just not ready ready for that yet. maybe i'm not ready or maybe that's just really i mean i don't know i mean you got, this is where it gets weird because we might be competing on who's right versus who's wrong versus it's not about that it's not yeah, about that's that. what I'm saying versus not about it's not not about anything i mean you guys might believe what you guys believe till the end of your life and i might believe what i believe so like when we when uh, i was visiting you when i was visiting you in in may And, you know, you were saying to me, you know, Nicole, I'm reading some of these articles that you sent me and some of them, they just, they're just not resonating with me, but I'm finding like, I'm really resonating with, um, like you were saying like the chakras and all that, like you wanted to learn more about that. And I said to you, then go with that, like follow that because there's a reason why you're being pulled towards it and not some of the other stuff that I've sent you. It doesn't mean that what I've sent you is right or wrong. It just means it's not resonating with you. And there's a reason for that because we all have our own strengths and our own gifts on how we're going to um, relay our message. And and that where you resonate the most is where you should be looking into. And it's it's not about right or wrong. It's what's it's what's true for you. Right. It's the it's the same. I mean, it's just it's really very simple. It's just the same as what we're, you know, we're used to as far as like, you know, do does science resonate with you or are you more of an art person or, you know, what it's your own truth, your own, um, your own inner guide of what 
what you're being directed to do and not everybody's clearly directed to do the same thing, you know, or we'd all just be robots, right? And we're not all supposed to just walk around believing and feeling the same thing. God, no. That would be so <laughs> freaking boring. spirituality. There's no, it's not a religion. It's a, like I said, in, I think the, in our first show that, you know, we talked about what does spirituality mean to you? And it's about, a re, it's about that relationship going inside you know, going deep within you and finding your own truth. It's not about anybody else's. And just because it's right for your neighbor or they, you know, feel good about it doesn't make it right for you. And that's okay. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of people get tripped up on truth is that everyone believes that there's can only be one truth, you know, and, and yeah, there are universal truths. Um, but, you know, where you are consciously, on your own journey, your truths are going to vary, very, they're going to vary differently, very much so from other people, depending on where they are at consciously. And it's just as you're growing, what's true for you and you have to honor it. And I think that's, we're all connected as one, but we're also individuals celebrating our own individuality. And I think we can't get lost in that. So it's not about all becoming one, um, one personality or one belief. It's it's about uniting together through um, through love and through peace, but also celebrating our own individuality and our beliefs. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, I can't say that. I'm. I'm just gonna say that every. <laughs> that'll be my comment on everything. Just no judgment. Just like we. We don't realize how much we judge everything and each other so much all the time. And just, I think the most important thing is just really letting go of that judgment. Just let things be, just let them be as they are. They don't have to be, we we're so used to being, we were taught from such a young age to label everything as good or bad or right or wrong. And it doesn't have to be either one of those things, any of those, it can just be what it is. And I think that's just really, important to understand if your friend is into some guru and she's really into it and you're not and you feel wrong about it you know celebrate whatever it is that she's feeling and, and embrace that you know you don't yeah no i mean I, even at the time i, I didn't care I, I was like okay you know you're still my friend i'm not gonna you know ca- exactly. cast you to the side but like i just like okay whatever floats you as we say whatever floats your boat yeah and i didn't mean it as a direct um like that you were you were saying, but like, you know, I, but I hear what you guys saying and, and, and the non-judgmental is that you got to exercise in your mind as well. Like along with discernment, that's for sure. Yeah. I always say, be the witness, you know, just be the witness, just observe, just observe without any judgment. You you know, the, this is going to sound kind of silly, but a great exercise, you know, to kind of, if you're new to spirituality, whatever, and this is, and that's I another thing. I, I, I don't even look at. I don't even look at what we're talking about so much as spirituality. It's more like as trying to be a good person. <laughs> does that okay. make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you, you don't. You don't even have to label it so much as like spirituality when you're trying to like not judge or lose the ego, things like that. You know, I mean, if, I mean, if you're know new to what, trying to lose the ego is what I should say. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so if you're new to that, one of the things that I started doing and and. This may resonate with some and not others, but I, I like, I like to drive 
and we're all, you know, we all drive, right? We're all out <laughs> in traffic and traffic's getting, you know, worse and worse all around, you know, the country all the time. And, you know, road rage is a problem and all that. And I used to be kind of an aggressive driver sure. where things would upset me, you know, bad drivers would upset me, you know, not using turn signals or being in the, the fast lane and going slow or, you know, whatever it may be. And I just, in my, in this journey of personal development and losing the ego that, that I've been on, I decided that I just was going to let go of judging when I was driving and just see everything more as just, it is what it is. Like, oh, wow, that's fascinating. Look, there's a person going, you know, 45 in the left, you know, on the highway in the left lane, you know, and I just decided not to judge anybody anymore for their driving and just let everything be. And I can't even tell you, it just became like miraculous. I love driving now more than I did before because I'm not stressed at all. And I'm just like totally relaxed. And it's a, I just think it's a good exercise if you want to practice it because it's something that we do every day in learning to let go of judgment. Just thought. No, I actually like that. And for the, for the listening audience, um, I've driven with Lisa and yes, she likes to drive. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? I'd like, am I, I mean, good at I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just saying you like to, I think drive. we all have a heavy foot. Actually, <laughs> all, uh, all three of us, uh, and which is rare. I I've driven with a lot of women in my life, but you two, wow. You guys, uh, know how to drive. That's for sure. So good, good, good for you. I, I, I like <laughs> to get where I'm needing to go. You know, um, I, I like to get there. So but also, Nicole, when you were with me and I was driving, I'm like, I'm not scaring you. And you're like, no, you're, I'm completely fine. I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah. I trust we're you. <laughs> yeah. I don't get scared. Unless the person I'm with isn't a good driver, then I get scared. But if I know that you know, they're a good driver, I don't care. <laughs> oh, but gosh. Of course, you guys believe like, oh, you know, if an accident happens, I got another life waiting for me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'll just come right back in, jump the line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, we could, you know, I could just become a walk-in. We could start with that. Oh, gosh, let's not even talk about walk-ins yet. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just Please. thought I'd throw that out there let's, for our let's, listeners. Let's not lose all three of our people that are listening to the show. <laughs> Walk-ins? What the hell yeah, are they no, talking we're, about? That'll be like a 100th episode down the road or something. Walk-ins, a.k.a. body snatching. Okay, all right. <laughs> This is where Michael starts calling us kooks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, so, not well, yeah. We'll get there. All right. Let's let's get back on track here. So, Michael. Tell me about, no, can I ask you a question, Nicole? Yeah, sure. Um, tell me about your experience with uh, yoga and, and just some of the, the oh. men in yoga and, and your, just your experience and your thoughts on that. The men in yoga? <laughs> The, the dirty yoga men. <laughs> well, um, yoga, what, yoga was brought here by men. Like women were kept out of yoga. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, I didn't like, have, well, my experience, I haven't had any negative male experience or experience with men in yoga personally. I've had my, okay. So, my spiritual path, as I mentioned before, started when I was 17 and I was being told to try yoga very soon after that um, because I was super inflexible. Like, I mean, 
my body probably was so brittle, like it could break if I tried to bend over in half. Like it was so inflexible. And uh, I was really Hence embarrassed. Your book, Inflexible Me. Yeah, it's my, it's where our my listeners book came don't from. know she wrote a book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, that's what spawned the book. And um, but you know, there was something about yoga that was just really turning me off. Like I, aside from the fact that I just didn't want to expose my inflexibility to an entire room filled with very bendable bodies, um, I also was just turned off by something about it. Like just had a level of falsehood to it that I couldn't put my finger on um, because I hadn't really gone to a yoga class yet, but I just didn't resonate with it. And my when I finally decided to go to a yoga class, <clears throat> I then found out why. Um, I remember standing in the waiting area before waiting for the class before us to finish and as I did like you know more and more people are starting to come in waiting around and you know there's some girls just looking you up and down checking you out just you know in a in a judgmental way and um when we got into the class the teacher just spoke from I didn't feel very compassionate it felt kind of very militant uh it didn't feel like anything I had heard yoga to be like yoga was kind of advertised as this blissful feeling that you get um, or activity that you can engage in to bring about bliss. And I didn't feel any of that in my first yoga class. Um, it was, yeah, it was just really militant. And so I decided I hated yoga after that. Like I just knew I hated yoga. Well, I later realized like, I hated the way yoga made me feel. It wasn't so much that I hated yoga. But, um, you know, even after I found yoga again and I fell in love with it this time because I actually found a teacher who was completely compassionate to my to my lack of in my lack of flexibility and helped me kind of um, find a way to nurture myself in yoga and appreciate my body for where it was in the journey. I still encounter a lot of ego in different yoga studios and that really turns me off of the whole yoga industry and it's why I don't really go to yoga studios I just do my own practice like I ended up getting my own teachers training so I can just do yoga whenever I want um, like even just this year alone um, just a few months ago when I was in Denver girlfriends and I went to a yoga studio I won't say which one um, but <clears throat> the teacher the teacher she was going on this, she was trying to teach the compassionate part of yoga and how we shouldn't be judging ourselves. And she kept talking about it and talking about it. And then what does she do? She comes and judges me and my girlfriend for how we were doing our yoga poses. And she called us out in front of the entire class. She's like, where do you guys practice yoga? I can't believe this. And she started like trying to shift our bodies into different positions, never asking us if we had any injuries, not realizing that my girlfriend had an injury that she was nursing and couldn't get into certain poses, didn't realize that the pose that I was in, I was also nursing a very chronic injury from um, a long time ago and just completely called us out in front of the entire class. And it angered me so much because, you know, people in that class and I knew some of them were thinking she's this wonderful teacher and 
that's not right. Like that's not how you teach people to be judgmental of their bodies and think that they're doing something wrong just because their body can't get into a certain position. And there just seems to be a lack of compassion. Like there's so, I mean, you look on social media and all you see are these people in these perfect yoga poses and people have this idea like that's what yoga is. And it's really not. It has, it's, it's such a small part of yoga. And when yoga is really about, um, self-appreciation, self-acceptance, uh, the flexibility of the mind more so than the body. And it wasn't, it's just, when you have a teacher that you look up to and you see them treating students that way, it's the first, and it's the first time they've ever been to your class, uh, red flags should be going up. And so that, that's one of my biggest gripes with the yoga industry is that, you know, and it's not all because it's definitely not all. I've come across some fantastic teachers who just, you know, like melt my heart. Like they just really have speak from a place of compassion and teach from that place of compassion and honor, honor you for where you are in your journey and, and honor your body for where it is. Um, but for a lot of um, other yoga instructors or even students who maybe were born with very flexible bodies and don't understand the, um, the journey of the very inflexible person to try and engage in a yoga practice, it requires so much compassion, so much self-love um, to move through it so that you can engage your body fully in, in, in whatever way that it's practicing. So I think people go to yoga, you know, to find that self-acceptance because they hear that about it. And, you know, then when they have an experience like, like you had, and and I've seen it myself in yoga classes where you feel like you're being judged and everyone around you is judging you, you know, then you just shot, you just don't want to do it anymore. And maybe, you know, you're not strong enough or, you know, to continue to just maybe look for a better teacher or do it yourself at home or whatever it is. And it, I think it's the same way with, um, you know, just the whole topic that we're talking about today. Just it's about the teacher, you know, did, is it, are they bringing ego into it? Um, or are they bringing spirit into their practice, whatever it may be, whether mm-hmm. it's yoga or, um, Reiki or, you know, any other type or anything of in life. There's like, a lot of back teachers in every section of life, in my opinion, like, I yeah. remember going to college. I remember going to college going, this is a waste of money because these guys, they're called teachers, but they don't know how to teach anything. Yeah, oh, just because I, you have the knowledge doesn't mean you're <laughs> necessarily the best teacher for it. <laughs> That's and you know, we, right. just, we just went full circle back to exactly what we were talking about before. You know, it's in, you know, frauds are in every industry, you know, bad teachers are in, in every industry. And it, again, just goes right back to discernment, but it also goes back to trusting yourself. Like you have to have faith in yourself. So if you go to a yoga class and, you know, you expect to be treated with compassion and you're not, don't discount all of yoga, you know, just, you know, keep in mind that maybe it was just that, that teacher, you know, and it's the same way with, we talked about in the first episode with like religion and just anything that you do, just because you have someone that is bringing the ego into it, um, that's your red flag. You know, the red flag is if, if they're working from their ego, then, then you probably need to find another 
yeah that's so another teacher or another mentor or another salesperson or another doctor or another whatever it is you know Mm -hmm. that's the first thing that i that's my first um a tool that I use in discernment is, is this coming from ego? And you know if it's coming from ego or not by the words that you're, they're using. Are they judgmental words? Are they more loving words? Um, is this about exclusivity or is this inclusive? Is this based out of fear or is this based out of love? Like these are a lot of the questions that I ask myself when I'm reading articles, when I'm listening to um, the news, when I'm like, you know, anything where I'm trying to discern truth from, which feels right, you know, that's, those are like some of my big points that I gravitate to first to help me understand if this is um, true or not for me. And, you know, I I don't know if we're getting ahead of maybe some of our listeners as far as um, speaking about the ego. Because I think, you know, I um, talked about the Course in Miracles and, and that's kind of how I, I started this journey. And that was one of the most enlightening things about the Course in Miracles was learning about the ego and that I even had one. Like, I didn't really even know what that was. So, um, Nicole, I'm going to ask you to talk about that a little bit because you're, you're good at that stuff. But just um, describing, like, what who is the ego? And... Like some people may not even realize that there's a difference, you know, between using your ego and using your higher self. And and what does that mean? Well, I'll, I'll be very honest. I'm actually quite interested to know what Michael's definition of the ego is and how he puts a character to it, because I love how he puts characters to everything. <laughs> but um, well, we always, sorry, we always, we no, we always grew up, grew up, grown up. I don't even know how to say it. Um, with the idea is like when we ever hear the word ego, it usually is associated with, oh, that person has got a big ego, but you guys made me think of like actually what that is. What is a big ego? And what's an ego? What's a small ego? What's an ego? That that's my point is like, if he's got a big ego, do we have a small ego? (laughs) And like, what is ego? But we just kind of like use it as a turn of phrase nowadays. But, you know, big ego or ego is like what we thought back in the day of like, oh, that person uh, thinks they're better than other people, which kind of correlates to what you guys are talking about when it comes to ego. It's not that he's better than other people is that he's or is that we perceive that that person is judging other people. And and we just never really thought it through. Uh, most people just never really thought it through, in my opinion. Um Keep your ego in check and is another phrase that we commonly use, meaning like stay humble, you know, and things. Those are the that, that's where I think the majority of the audience or at least the way I grow have grown up is uh, ego is a bad thing and a bad thing, meaning it's like usually you're cocky or you're over overly confident. That's the way that we learned what ego was growing up. Well, so you guys have explained a completely not a completely different definition, it's just a different version of that definition with ego. And really, from what I've understood from the both of you, is ego is when you use judgment to make decisions or to make assumptions, and which is usually not the best thing in the world. E- ego to me is what I've learned, what I understand it to be is 
our separated self. We're all one. You know, uh, we're all connected. We talked about this, you know, there's one son of God and we are it. But we think that we're separate. So we've, we've devised this ego part of us that believes that we're separate from everybody else. So I believe, you know, I'm five foot 11, I'm a woman with, you know, dark hair and, you know, a certain amount of intelligence or, you know, from America, you know, I believe I am who I am and then I'm this separate person. And I use that to stay separate from other people. And then we use that ego to judge. That ego is very judgmental because it's trying to remain separate and believe that it's separate. So it's once you get the ego out of the way, then you can start to really connect with people because you're not focusing on your differences. You're focusing on your oneness and, yeah. and in can come compassion. So with ego comes an immediate judgment with ego comes fear. But when you get the ego out of the way, there's no more fear. There's no more judgment. And you will allow this oneness to occur between you and others. Yeah. The ego is the source of separation. So anytime that you're pointing the finger at someone else, where you're comparing yourself against someone else, where you're basically doing anything that separates you from that, that's ego. Whereas, for instance, um, you know, someone, someone said something to you and it's hurt you. And you just look at that person and you say, you're such a mean person. You know, you can say that from ego or, you know, from the part that's actually connected to that person and realizing that you're one with that person and that, you know, by them saying that to you, they're actually hurting themselves. You say, wow, like, you know, why are you saying that? Like, what pain is within you that you feel the need to say that to me? You know, and so you start to look at them with more compassion and say, oh, like something must have been going on or may have happened that caused that person to project that out to me. And so <clears throat> that's when you're no longer operating from ego. You're now operating from the heart space of that, you know, and the compassion that you realize, well, I don't want that person to be hurting because now they're hurting. They're trying to hurt me. And in doing so, they're actually hurting themselves. So you, you can either break the cycle, you know, which can easily become a vicious cycle, or you can continue it. And so and that's where... you can where, let your ego... Yeah, you, you can, can allow your, your ego, ego to forward. engage and continue the cycle. So um, that that's kind of how I, I look at it. And that's, and, I think, and that's how we, you know, we have to be in, in check always with our ego. I think that's really important to, um, I think the, one of the, on a daily basis, like that's my intention is to not come from my ego today. You know, whether it's, I'm going to practice it driving, I'm not going to judge other drivers and, you know, I'm a better driver than you. And, oh my gosh, look at that little old lady or, oh, that guy doesn't know how to drive or, you know, whatever. I'm not going to judge. So I'm just not going to come from a place of my ego. Like we're all just out here doing the best that we can do with, no matter what it is, you know, you're in a, 
it's so <laughs> it's there's so many places every day to practice, you know, paying attention to your ego, like stepping outside of yourself and watching yourself and how you react to people and what thoughts are going through your mind when you're in a crowd and people watching, you know, are you judging or when people are being slow in the grocery line and a woman like pulls out a check or something and starts, you know, writing a, a check and you're like, oh my, like, what the hell? <laughs> um, you know, and just not judging people. And I think that's just a great way to, to just every day, just say, you know, I'm just going to watch myself today and I'm going to watch how much my ego wants to get involved with absolutely everything and just, and just, um, observe, observe yourself and start to learn what it means to be coming from your ego. Because once you learn it about yourself, you'll start to see it in other people. And then you can be like Nicole said, where you start being compassionate, where if someone's yelling at you or is being rude to you, you, instead of getting angry or coming from your ego or getting defensive, you start hearing them um, crying for help. You start hearing their, that their heart is hurting or that they're coming from a place of fear and you suddenly just have more compassion. It doesn't mean you're gonna let people walk all over you now. Um, it just means that you're going to be more aware of where that person's really coming from. Yeah. What about you, Michael? Like, I know you got some, like, points about all of this that you wanted to touch on. Did you touch on all of them, or is there anything that we've missed? Oh, no. I mean, if, you, oh, if we go back to our initial, like, <laughs> what, what's been, what has made me... I don't want to use the word less spiritual, but like turned off by spirituality or just like the spiritual things. I mean, I could go, I think if I always imagine if I had a child, what I would do differently. And like one of the first things I would do differently is not like start them off with a, uh, lies when they're kids. What do I mean by that? And, and this is a simple example and it's, and we all can probably relate to this, but like even like the idea of, Santa Claus, you know, you know, something like, or the tooth fairy, things like that. I truly, I truly believed in these things when I was a kid, truly. And then they just start chipping away at like, oh, that's not true. Just found Santa Claus presents in my mom's closet two weeks before Christmas. How does that work? You know, things start to chip away. And then I'm like, then you realize you can't believe everything, which is probably a good thing as a child learning to, to, to learn, but it can go too far in your life. Like you just start not believing anything. And <clears throat> even like when, when I, the Bible, like the, every like wants you to, or a lot of Christians or whatever want you to revert to the Bible, like the Bible will tell you answers like, but like the Bible can be very convoluting in itself as well. Like I really truly don't believe, uh, that, Noah's Ark ever happened. <laughs> and if it did, it was in a small little version of the world where, yeah, there might have been flooding, but the whole world wasn't covered in water. And <clears throat> and only two of every animal was on this boat, and that's how everything came to be now. Like, just those little things makes me want to not believe the rest of the Bible. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, it, well, it is, I think... With, it's not that I don't believe the rest of the Bible. It's just like you, you, you just start chipping away. Well, if that's not true, 
how can I believe anything else? But there might be truths within all of those stories, but they've been be muddled. They've been muddled morals. by humans I, to tell yeah, their version I, of it. So well, I can understand that, but like uh, they always say, how does the devil work? Well, he throws a little truth into the lies, and and sometimes I feel like that's how very strong manipulators work, how psychopaths work. I mean, this is just like all goes hand in hand. Add a little truth to it, sprinkle a little bit of truth, but it's one giant lie at the end of the day. Um, and that's what makes me turned off by the, a lot of the things that I hear when people talk about spirituality. Cliches that I see online about how you can just, you know, be like, like even you two sometimes speak, not in cliches, but like when you say quickly, oh, just, you just got to be within your higher self or your oneness or things like that, that resonates nothing to me. And maybe it's because I still need to learn more. Maybe it's because I need to understand what you guys are talking about more. No, I but agree like, with you there. I would totally agree with you there. It means nothing to say just be with your oneness or to yeah. just love yourself. You know, like I, I completely I'm agree with you. you. I've been with my oneness for quite a while. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 we get kind of bored together. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. So yeah, like you touch on a really good thing there. And um, like, you know, you and I have had this conversation about when people just tell you, well, you just need to love yourself. What oh, the God. fuck does that even mean? Like people don't <laughs> even know what loving themselves even mean because no one actually even understands what real love is on this planet. It's been so tainted to think that it, it includes pain, that it includes suffering, that it means like, you know, that sacrifice. you- Sacrifice. Yes, sacrifice, that you um, own someone, that you're someone's property. Like it's just, there's so much crap that got thrown into this idea of love that now like people don't even know what love is anymore. So when you go to actually love yourself, are you even really loving yourself? It's Is it actually an act of love? Because on the basis of what we've been taught love is, no, it's not. You know, like for instance, I used to think that I was totally loving myself back in my 20s when I was working out five to seven days a week after I would just do eight hours of massage. And, you know, I was thinking, well, I'm just being healthy. I'm making sure that I'm physically um, active and all that. And yes, to some degree, but I was pushing myself so much and never taking the time to say, do yoga at that point in my life where I was nurturing my body. And so it actually wasn't an act of love. It was, um, it was, I, I was demanding and demanding and demanding of my body and never giving back to it. So I was constantly in this take, take, take mode. And that was a, that's a, that's an example of how I thought I was loving myself, but I really wasn't. Um, to some degree it could have been if it had been more balanced, but, um, you know, there's, there's so many things that, you know, we're out there thinking, uh, well, maybe this is an act of self-love, but the hard part comes, what is love? Like, I think we could do a whole show on yeah. unconditional love. I think that's a great topic because I have lots to say about that. So, you know, like it's, ugh, it, it makes my back go up when I hear someone say to someone else, you just need to love yourself. <laughs> You know, like it means nothing to people. They don't even know what it means. Well, and even the word, well, even now, in my opinion, the word love or I love you or whatever means nothing. It means nothing. Like down down here in Florida where I live, 
you know, the culture is like pretty much, even I do it. I, I abuse it myself. It's like if you've known a person and you like a person, you're like, oh, love you. And it's just like it loses oh. its meaning in a in, way. Kind the of, English like, language is, you know, we have so few words truly for things, you know, and love is such an ambiguous word. I mean, we use it for, you know, passionate love. We use it for, you know, the way loving friends or, I mean, yeah, there's probably aren't, I know there are other languages that have numerous words for the word love and we just have one. So what does it really mean? Nothing. <laughs> I can see that totally. You know, and then it's and then well, even in the, the even in the I'm Spanish culture, you. like I, that one rubs me the wrong way too. Because I'm in love with you. Is that what you said? A lot. Like, but are okay. I know you love me, but are you in love with me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that just is like takes a knife and stabs That's like in the a nerve. Start of a bad like, romantic comedy. <laughs> like. I don't know. To me, it's like, do you mean like, do I lust you? Like, do I want to have sex with you? Like, what's the difference between love and like being in love? And what does all that mean? I think it's all bullshit. <laughs> love is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. the, the, you, you the version that we're in the same language now. <laughs> yeah, it's the old the old version of love that everyone's understanding to be is bullshit. But like, what love actually is, and we can do a whole podcast on that. Yes, I um, think we should. Yeah, is completely different. So yes, let's save that for upcoming episodes. The egos, the ego. I, I guess it's just I'm going to say that it's about the ego. So it's the ego likes whenever the ego gets a hold of something. It fucks it up and it gets a hold of the word love and it just wants to bring all these rules into it and all these things that separate us. Yes. So we'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else there, Michael, you got on that list before we wrap this uh, up? My own spirituality in my own personal life. And this is like something that's very hard for me. It's easy to me for me to admit to you guys. And I've told you guys in the past um, I lost most of my faith when my marriage dissolved or my, when I, when I ended up getting a divorce, a divorce that I did not want. Uh, and I remember sitting in church after I was divorced and looking around and this is Catholic church and, and, you know, cause I, I still liked the idea of trying to be figure out a way to be more spiritual and my only direction in my life that I learned when I was young was through Catholicism. Uh, but I remember just sitting in church after I was divorced and, and by myself looking around, hearing the priests mumble some words and, and priests and, and religious leaders are, there's some good ones and there's some that are whatever. And then there's some real bad ones, which can really speak bad to a lot of religions and things like that. Um, but I was just, it, it, nothing was resonating with me looking around, seeing all these happy little families running around with their, their little kids that they're going to, you know, continue to in, indoctrinate or whatever. And I just, it just turned me off completely. I was just at my lowest point, probably in my, in my depression that I was going through. And I what was so frustrated. I was so frustrated with people telling me that, you know, just pray, 
just pray and you'll be fine or pray and things will you know magically happen prayer is one of the most misleading misdirections in my opinion to spirituality we if if prayer works it it nobody knows how to teach prayer then or if if prayer really means something to some people I look at it as like, okay, the reason why prayer might mean something to you is the same way why mantra works for those people. Like it's just some sort of repetitious way of speaking that somehow calms you down or makes you feel better. But I mean, I feel like the idea of when I grew up, uh, grown up, I gotta gotta figure out how to say that properly. Um, When people tell you just to pray on things, the only thing that ever resonated to me was pray on the discernment like you guys are talking about. But other than that, you're not going to be sitting there asking for God to do this. Absolutely. No, for God see the, okay. So where prayer gets, gets all well, that, that, that's my point is like, it's like, that's where it's lost. That's where it's completely beat up. And it's not just the, the Catholic church. And, and it's like, if something bad happens to you and, and, and everybody online tells you to keep you in your prayers or keep that person in their prayers, I just roll my eyes. Like, I just like, I don't think. Okay. Okay. Let me, let me address this. Let me address this because this is, this is a big thing. Before you address it, I'm trying to tell you that prayer in the church, uh, going to church, that whole thing in, yeah, it might've been my lowest side of my depression, but like, it just completely turned me up to spirituality. So that's my like main number one thing. Okay. So with prayer, Prayer is taught to us to do for um, an expected outcome that we hope for. And that's where everything goes wrong. Because the outcome that's going to come um, needs to be of the highest good for those involved. And it may that whatever that may be may not be the outcome that we're hoping for. And so prayer should really be about sending love to whether it's yourself or other individuals and it's just sending them love to um, assist in them being able to move through whatever it is that they're moving through and 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 that it's going to be the outcome is going to be of the highest good and and that's really what i believe prayer should be we get attached to this idea of outcome that if we just pray hard enough then everything's right. going to turn out magically well. Oh, God, I, I can't stand that. Yeah, and that's that's where everything kind of goes sideways, is that we, we believe, yeah, we believe that we know what's best. And the reality is we have, like, maybe an inkling idea of what could be best. And, you know, it's just this idea of attachment that really kind of screws it all up. But well, it also it also can really be very damaging. I mean, it's like okay, I prayed, it didn't work. Um, no, so therefore, see, but that's the believe. thing. You have to be able to send the love without any attachment to the outcome. That's unconditional love. Yeah, sending and love again. That, that's something like for a future. Yeah, but that's project. what prayer actually is. Prayer is sending love. It's not about sending hope for a specific outcome. It's sending love with no conditions attached to it. And that means no conditions on the outcome that you're hoping to see or the outcome that you think that person should have, or vice versa. It's just about sending love and nothing else is attached to it. 
And when you're praying for yourself, when you're praying for, you know, you know, praying to have your broken heart healed or whatever it may be, it doesn't mean you're magically going to wake up tomorrow morning and you're just going to feel great. Um, but you're asking for guidance and that guidance may be something that just never even, or, you know, the outcome of that guidance, something that never crossed your mind. It may be that maybe you run in, you know, you run into someone that day who makes you smile or something and, and lifted your heart just a little bit. And maybe that was the answer to your prayer that, you know, you had a smile put on your face today. Well, and, I, and maybe, I don't know if that, that just chalks up to random circumstances and healing and things like that, that you naturally do with time. I wouldn't necessarily chalk that up to, oh, my prayers were answered or my prayers worked. Does that make sense? Yeah, but the reality is, is because we have free will, we have to ask for what it is that we want. We're, we're not just, it, nothing is forced upon us. So if you, if you want something or you want help with something, you really, it's as simple as just asking. And that's what prayer really is. Prayer is just a conversation. Like I just think of prayer as a conversation with God. You're, you're not, you're not asking him necessarily to do anything for you. Maybe you're asking for help, but you're also just having a conversation with him. And that's prayer. To me, prayer is simply, it's, it's a conversation. It's a conversation with the higher realm. It's getting out of the ego. And it's, um, I mean, I know you don't believe in any of that that I'm talking about, so I'm not helping you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, <laughs> but like, I, I just, and turned off by the idea. I just, and, and if you go back even online or people, it's just, it starts to irritate me when people s said that to me a lot when I was going through with what I went through. Because it's just such a cliche thing to say to people. No, it's I like get when it. the, it's like a, like if you just take the equivalent online, like when a disaster happens, all of a sudden people turn their background into whatever the flag is of where the disaster happened. I'm like, okay, thanks for nothing. It does nothing to anything, and that's the way I feel like with prayer. Well, and I think also well, what turned well, you off is that, you know, you weren't just being allowed to grieve. Like, you weren't being allowed to just, like, feel like shit and, and be okay with it. You know, they're like, well, just pray and it'll all be better. Well, why does it need to be better right now? Why can't you just feel like shit and move through those emotions and allow yourself to feel it and, and allow yourself to just talk about it with people? You know, like that sometimes where someone's like, well, everything happens for a reason. You know, that's another oh. cliche that people hate. You know, myself, oh, I kind of hear it a little too often too. And it's like, well, that doesn't really make me feel better right now. Um, so it's, it's one of those things where uh, communication is really broken down amongst everyone. And, and, and it's, it's like you said, Lisa, we have so few words to really describe how we're feeling. So, um, it, it, that's where I think a lot of the breakdown comes from. Yeah. And I think that we just, and when people do say that, that to us again, it's about not judging them and not, and understanding where their heart is coming from, even if they're not using the right words. And maybe that's the only thing they really know how to say. Um, and it's just all in how you just decide to perceive things too. You know, if somebody says, Oh, I'll pray for you, I, you know, just say to yourself, every time I hear that, I'm just going to hear, I love you, you know, because that's what they're saying. Yeah. They're just saying that their heart is with your heart 
and they want the best for you, you know? And so again, it's just letting go of, of the judgment and the beliefs that we have attached to different things and hearing people's hearts and not necessarily just the words that come out of their mouth. I find that I, I don't know, I hardly really listen to what people are saying most of the time. And I try more to feel what it is that they're saying, Mm -hmm. because we do have so few words and we have so many beliefs and we have so many cliches and we were taught to say so many things that most of the time people are speaking as, as if they're a robot, you know, but, but I try to hear what it is that they're truly saying. I mean, I don't know if this is a, a topic for today and we're kind of wrapping it up, but, um, you know, I was married for, for 25 years. I never listened to a word my husband said because he never made any sense. (laughs) (laughs) 25 years of that. Yeah. Well, because he was, he always was coming from a place of, he had, you know, a lot of pain and a lot of hurt. And he expressed that through anger. And a lot of the time when he was like really angry about something or, you know, saying certain things about other people or whatever, I never heard any of the words that he was saying. The only thing I ever would really allow, not ever, I I won't say 100% of the time, but that I really tried to do was to hear what the pain that was coming from him. You know, and when, when you start to listen to people, not just their words, but what it is that they're truly trying to express, then maybe they're just calling for help, you know, like Nicole was saying in, in certain situations that when people are angry or they're, they're being rude to you, maybe they're just crying for help. That's what we need to hear. So don't get caught up on the words prayer, like, and I'll pray for you. No, you guys asked me like no. what turns me off on yeah, spiritual. Yeah. That's yeah, a big turn. That, and it's not like I'm getting caught up on it. It's not like I'm losing sleep over this. It's just that, you know, it's just uh, you, when I hear people are very spiritual, it loses its meaning and to me personally because of just my past issues and things like that i completely understand that i just i just think it's a it's as far as that goes an opportunity to again remind people that how much we judge and and how much we're you know maybe looking for something from the outside for somebody to say you know maybe the right words but if we just open our heart a, a lot of what is already coming our way, we're not truly hearing. We're not listening to it because we're expecting it to come in a particular type of package with a particular type of bow on it. And we're judging it so much that we don't really hear what it is that's coming across, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. I think, well, I think that's good. Like, I mean, I think for today's show, you know, when it comes to deciphering you know or discerning what's true and what's not true uh it applies to all aspects of life all aspects of communication and i think the biggest lesson from what we've talked about today is uh discerning if you're coming from the ego or if you're coming from the heart and um you know judgment is one of your biggest flags of letting you know that you're coming from ego uh, or if it's coming from fear, um, anything that's separating you from anything else is the ego. And so when you're trying to discern your truth, uh, those are some checklists to kind of go through um, on, on your own account uh, 
you know, just in your own responsibility to your own journey and yourself and others around you of what's true and what's not true. I think that's okay. uh, good advice. That's advice. Well, <laughs> this has been a good show. Um, Michael, did you have anything else you wanted to add before we wrap it all up? No, that's, that's you want me to know what the frauds and what turns me off on spirituality? Told you. <laughs> so we're good. <laughs> so did, did you, do you feel like still exactly in the same place as you were before we talked about this? Or is there anything else that makes a little bit more sense to you? Exactly the same place, but it's not a bad place because <clears throat> just knowing you guys, I've, I've come to better understanding. I mean, I'm just, I'm really just doing this for the people on the things that turn me off. But like one of the reasons why I like even hanging out with, with you two or talking to you two is because it's, it shares a whole new different side of spirituality <clears throat> because I actually do crave it in my life. I want it. And, and I was, I was just having a, a conversation with a friend of mine the other day. It's like, I, it's like you want to believe. You want to believe. That you want to believe Santa Claus is true. <laughs> you want to believe, not that, but like my point is like there's something more beyond us just walking around and, and pissing each other off. Uh, so, but back in the day when I was in my, some of my darkest days, that's what turned me off. Yeah. And, and, and I got lost because of that. Well, if that I, makes sense. Yeah. But like exactly the same mean, like, uh, did it, did this help me? It's not, it helped me because I've kind of knew a lot of your guys' opinions on this, but it's great for the show. It, what, what Nicole and Lisa have been saying has helped me meaning like, and then I still need to learn and I'm looking forward to the future podcast about the idea of love that you guys have. Because I have problems with that as well. But, you know, we'll get there. Okay. Well, I just actually... Unconditional love. Yeah. Next and you topic. said something that's actually um, just... I want to really touch on quickly because we're really running out of time here. We're going way over. Um, but when you say, like, I know a lot of the stuff that you guys are already talking about, that's somewhere... That's something that a lot of people say when they're learning stuff, when they really realize that they don't know it on a cellular level yet. Um, you yeah. know it in your mind, but you're not able to act it out in your life yet fully. And so it sometimes takes conversations like this to keep having it. It's not, not like it's hammering it into you, but to the point where one day all of a sudden it just sinks in, it anchors into your cells and all of a sudden you really get it and you start living your life that way. So, um, like that's just an important thing to kind of, well, maybe not. No, maybe I've heard all the stuff you guys have said before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's all right. It's starting to sink in. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, all right. You know, I got a stubborn head. <laughs> all right. Well, good show. So um, we'll wrap things up and we will be back again next week with more. We don't know what our topic is going to be, but we'll discuss it and we'll make it a surprise for next week. Sound good? Sounds, Sounds good. good to me. All right, guys. We'll catch you later. Catch you next week. Bye. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks for joining us in this third episode of Spiritual Frauds, Discernment, and our good old friend, the Ego. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe in iTunes and write us a review. This is what helps us stand out from the crowd and help people find a refreshing spin on spirituality with a great blend of credible advice and entertainment. And if you'd like to find out more about us, you can visit us at enlightenup.us. 
And if you want to learn more about your fabulous co-hosts who put their own spin on spirituality and enlighten it up, you can go to our website and hit the co-host button. If you haven't yet, you can follow us on social media. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Have a great day and we'll catch you next week for our fourth episode.